feel like it has to be a, a good classic as well, though. Just probably not a very good question. We're really good at this quick fire, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cricket Scotland podcast, our last of 2020. It's great to have your company again and to have a virtual Rosie Ryan sitting alongside me once more too. Rosie, it's been so long. Uh, how are you doing today? Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me again to uh, co-host the, the final episode of uh, 2020. Um, I'm great. I'm finding it uh, amazing how fast, I guess, 2020 has flown by for us all. Um and yeah, it's just it's mad when I look back. I feel like it was March, like two weeks ago. Um, so it's mad that we're now at a point of Christmas time. Um, but yeah, all good anyway. It's true. It's been the most bizarre year in so many ways. And it seems like ages since we did the last part as well. I remember the first games of the regional series back in September and we'd signed off looking forward to the next weekend, of course, which which never happened, sadly. Yeah, it was a real shame that we weren't able to do the next podcast. Um, I think, for, obviously, for all the right reasons, uh, the main priority is making sure that people are safe. And unfortunately, this year has been a year that has affected us all uh, in all sorts of ways. And um, I guess we didn't think this would be ever an issue this time last year. If you look back to last year, you would never think uh, that this year was going to turn out the way it did. Um but I'm looking forward to a positive uh, 2021 and I'm sure a lot of people can take away, I guess, different learnings from this year and about themselves and about others. So always a positive. No, amen. And we've got a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, at least, um, with, with the news on the vaccine and things as well. So, yeah, more positive next year, I'm sure. Well, that regional series was a... A little oasis of cricket for us in the, the desert of 2020 anyway. Um, but while that was going on up here, uh, our guests today were grabbing the headlines down south. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Catherine and Sarah Bryce back to the podcast. How are you both? I'm good, thank you. How are you? It's good to see you both again, even if virtually. Yeah, good to be back. Um, thanks very much for having us again. Exciting to see you all. Yeah, no, definitely. Where, where are you both just now? In Loughborough still, but just in our separate houses. So see each other plenty enough at training. So, <laughs> Well, last time we spoke was during lockdown, uh, back in April, I think, right at the start, pretty much. Um, and we were wondering whether there'd be any cricket at all played in the summer, but it did turn into quite a year after all. Yeah, I think it was amazing effort from the ECB to get the, the new Rachel Hafel-Flint trophy um, underway, especially with it being a new competition. Uh, but it turned out to be like really good, and because we got to play on first class grounds as well, like um, the, I think the standard of matches was really good, especially as a batter. I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, it was a great tournament. So yeah, class happened. Especially at one point, we weren't sure if we were going to get any cricket. So yeah, real bonus. Well, there is so much to talk about. Um, it's hard to know where to start in listing all that's happened in that time. So we've got your performances for for Loughborough. Uh, lightning in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy that you've you've just touched on. Um, your nominations for the ICC Women's Associate Cricketer of the Decade Award. And then, of course, just last week, the announcement that you've both been awarded full-time professional contracts from the ECB for the coming year. There's nowhere else to start but with that 
enormous congratulations for all of that. I mean, Catherine, starting with that most recent news, uh, just 41 contracts were given in all. What does it mean to be to be a part of that? Yeah, definitely. It's an incredible um, thing to be a part of, um, like the next step, I guess, in in developing the women's game. Because um, obviously, kind of growing up, if you wanted to be professional, you had to play for one of the top teams, um, one of the top international teams, so it's England or India or Australia, really. Um, so now, I think to have that next level for so for um, girls to kind of strive for to realise that it's actually a possibility um, to make playing cricket a career even if it's not quite at the top level um, I think it, yeah it's really inspiration for those Yeah well Claire Connor who of course oversees women's cricket in the uh, for the ECB described it as the most significant step forward for the women's game in, in recent years Sarah what will this mean for you and your development as a cricketer do you think? I think hopefully it'll just mean that like I can push on and really reach my full potential um, and you know that extra time training and being able to spend um, yeah that more focused time on what I'm doing will just hopefully just push me to the next level. Um, but yeah, just really exciting because I remember when my friends used to ask me at school like, oh, do you want to play cricket for a living? And I'd always be like, well, I'd love to, but it's not possible. Um, so the fact that it's actually happened is it's just really really cool. And you've both been nominated for the ICC Women's Associate Critter of the Decade. Um, Catherine, firstly, what was the reaction when you were uh, both given the news? Um, I think I was a bit shocked, really. Didn't really know um, it existed. And, yeah, I wasn't really aware of it. Um, so it just kind of came up on Twitter. And like at first, like Sarah said as well, weren't really sure if it was an actual thing or whether someone had just kind of tweeted it and said it. Um, but yeah, no, just yeah, just a real honour to kind of be thought of um, in that that kind of category. Yeah, I think it's like obviously it's really exciting for and, and you guys are an amazing showcase um, for what girls can, you know, strive towards uh, in Scotland as well. Now, my second question, Sarah. Secondly, if one of you wins, <laughs> does this count for a decade of bragging rights? Well, it depends who wins, what the answer to that question is. <laughs> right, so what's the different situation? If you win, Sarah, do you not think that you'll be that person that brags? Or what What are we thinking here? Well, you know, you've got to you know, mention it a few times. But, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> we nice. all, by the end of the decade. <laughs> yeah, by the end of the decade, we'll be over it. <laughs> Nah, um, yeah, nah, it's just pretty cool to be nominated. So if Catherine wins, then I'll be uh, more than delighted for her. So going back to the summer, so the scheduled launch of the 100 uh, was pushed back uh, to next year, of course, but the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy gave us a really, really terrific tournament in its place. Great to see the game streamed the way they were as well. So Catherine, after a long time in which things have been looking pretty bleak with regard to getting any games on at all. How important then was that competition and the the level of, of competitiveness that it provided? Yeah, I think it massively important. Um, I think everyone had just kind of been waiting to hear and it just gave, I think it gave us a little bit more um, purpose kind of going through that last stage of lockdown, knowing that there was something to kind of come out and, and train for and an actual competition 
um, to be part of. And I think even now, um, I think the standard that it was over the summer, it just kind of pushes your performance and your your training kind of over this next winter period because you know um, the standard's going to be so high and you just want to kind of push on um, and, and improve as much as possible. So kind of having had... Um, that competition then I think was really important for, for us kind of going through this this winter period. And of course you captain Lightning uh, for the for the competition and as we mentioned earlier you had quite a tournament, um, second place in the bowling charts in the end, 14 wickets at, at 15.42 uh, 5 for 71 not out against the Northern Diamonds that was a real, a real captain's performance um, You also played in the, the Kia Super League previous year what way have those experiences really benefited your game? Do you think? I think it's really like the the standard of um, the competition is just really drives your game forward because you know that your margin for error is so much smaller playing against those international players and top quality players in England. Um, that you just have to be so focused when when you're going out there. It can't be oh I'll I'll just bowl it here and and it'll be fine actually, like your focus becomes so much smaller that actually when it comes comes back to playing for Scotland, you've got that experience of playing against the top international players um, that you can kind of take under and that confidence that you've got from actually I've done it against these players so I can do it do it against um, against this standard of players as well. Um, so I think that's just kind of driven my performance uh, forward over the last couple of years. Catherine, you were also named in the Cricketer Magazine's team of the tournament as was Sarah, 395 runs, which included four 50s in a row and an unbeaten 136 against Central Sparks. Sarah, a, a tournament where everything seemed to click together for you. Yeah, it went pretty well in the end, um, which was pleasing. It was a little bit frustrating, if I'm being perfectly honest, that I kept getting 15 and getting out. Um, so... Definitely getting 100 in the last game was kind of a bit of a relief in a way, but also really exciting um, to kind of push on and get that win. Um, but yeah, no, I think coming out of lockdown, I didn't really have any idea what how I was going to feel, um, whether I'd kind of feel completely out of touch and um, having not died for a wee while, but actually it just kind of came back to me pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, I felt pretty good, so yeah, it was a decent moment. And just touching, I guess, on the obviously the unfortunate uh, news of the Island series being called off in the manga, um, which I'm sure we will all agree that the team safety, again, is the first priority above anything else. Um, looking ahead, uh, Cricket Scotland I'd have advertised uh, for a full-time women's head coach. Um, and this obviously shows the continued uh, growth and investment in the women's game. Um, what impact uh, do you hope this will have on the national squad uh, and pathway, Sarah? I think hopefully in the same way that these new professional contracts will help the domestic game in England, like having a new full-time coach or full-time coach is going to just allow for more training, um, hopefully. And I think the more you train, well, the better you get, really. Um, it's, it's quite simple in, in that way. And... I think when you've got a full-time coach, they're more flexible as well, especially with a lot of the girls working or at uni or at school. Um, it's quite difficult for them to fit in specific times. So if you've got a full-time coach, you may be able to be a little bit more flexible to suit the people's needs. And hopefully, yeah, the growth of the game will just get better and better. And um, with all the development with the pathway stuff and, um, and those girls coming through, hopefully they can see a real potential um, if they progress on the future. 
Yeah, I mean, following on from that, I mean, if we if we consider that the the national women's team's only been around officially for around twenty years or so, um, the quality of player that we've produced over that time has been absolutely outstanding. You know, starting with 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 Carrie and Abby and Kirsty Gordon and Lee Casperick, of course, uh, and of course, of course, yourselves. Now, it's a great testament to the strength of the the women's game up here, as well as the development work that that Carrie and Nick Wilson and now Rosie uh, have have been doing. Um, Catherine Fraser, of course, is a real rising star in the team. Um, but who else do you think should people be keeping an eye on for the future? I think um, Elsa's a real promise for the future. Um, fellow wicketkeeper in the wicketkeepers union, so obviously good as there. But yeah, no, I think she's um, still really quite young, um, and I think she she looks like she could be a really good player, uh, both with the bat and the gloves. So yeah, I'm really excited to see see how she progresses. Yeah, Elsa pulled off at the um, the regional series game of stumping you would have been proud of it was very reminiscent of of your work she was standing up to up to naz chatterjee and uh stumped sam hago who had no chance um it was a Wonderful. fabulous piece of work <laughs> nothing better than a good stumping <laughs> Catherine, what do you think as 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 captain who are we who are we looking out for i think a bit younger as well orla um has really shown that um she's got real potential um, I think I remember last year, I think it was, or a couple of years ago, Sarah was just absolutely whacking it around in the regionals. Um, and then little Orla came into the team and just like nicked her off. So I don't know what everyone else is doing. And Sarah is just... Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> uh, I, I remember that game. I was, I was playing. I was, I'm sure I was playing as well. And I was like, I'm so glad that just happened there. <laughs> Yeah, it was fine. Eagles still won the the trophy though, so um, hanging on to that. Um, <laughs> talking, but yeah, talking definitely. Bragging rights. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I to get that in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love Make that. Sure, Make sure I'm still aware of that. Um, but yeah, definitely just the pace um, that she produces. I think, um, like you said, with the increased support kind of coming through the system. Um, Hopefully more and more of these girls have got potential. I think shown like with Carrie um, and Kirsty and Lee and everyone going through that actually if you've got got that support in place, um, that these players can really shine through. And I think, yeah, she's she'll be an exciting one to look out for in the future. Well, this has been such a pleasure to talk again. Um, but just before we kind of think about signing off here, we've got a few extra little questions that Rosie has prepared for you. Up her sleeve. <laughs> That's, that, there's an ominous look if I've ever if ever I've seen one. Rosie, over to you. Oh, why does everyone get worried when it's like Rosie Ryan's came up with some questions? I don't know why everyone's scared, right? But it's just the questions that I'm interested in, and I know that some other people will be interested in. So the first question is, like, we'll try and do quick fire, but I do understand that sometimes that is hard and you need a little bit of time to think. But you two. I've done so many interviews and things like that that I think that you should be relatively good at quickly firing out some answers here, okay? So, the first one is, we'll go to Catherine first. <laughs> what is your favourite food before a game? Um, well, so I think quite good for me. <laughs> if it's 50 overs, then I'll have a big bowl of porridge in the morning, um, with banana and then 
because usually you don't start till late. Fifto is quite difficult with eating wise and cereal is really struggle. Um, you need to have that and then you also need to have a good snack, so some sort of bar um, and a banana or something before, before the first innings, definitely. Um, Sarah, I know that you you that this is why I guess you're so tall is because you just you've got like <laughs> bottomless legs I think um right what what what's your take on this? Yeah, I do love my food. Um, so if I'm at home, porridge with like some sultanas in it is always good. Or if we're away in a hotel, usually I go more for beans on toast because the porridge is a bit more, you know, you can't rely on it as much. Um, and then same as Catherine, you've then got to have a snack post warm up, pre actual game starting because it's quite a long time. Um, usually like banana and some sort of like cereal bar um, to keep me going. And then I often give like twelve man or something like a, a bar as well um, or banana to yeah. run on at some sort of drinks break because again three hours in the field if it's fifty over it is a long time. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's good. That's good. I think that it's actually really important for for sometimes some of the younger girls in the pathway to know that because um it's so simple um but actually because cricket's so long sometimes we do forget why we're feeling a little bit dizzy is because we've not we've not eaten for you know three or four hours um so I guess the next one uh, apart from cricket what other hobbies do we do on the side. Catherine. Um, so, did you say Catherine? Or you go, Catherine? No, no, you can go. No, you can go. You go, Sarah. You go, Sarah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I also play a little bit of hockey um, at uni, kind of a little bit more socially, uh, but that's good fun. And I also play a bit of music. It's more difficult here at uni than it was. I used to play quite a lot at school, but I've still got my ukulele um, over there because I don't have a piano. Um, uh, no, <laughs> but so that's like my go-to whenever you know I just want to play. Um, but when I go home, I love playing the piano a lot um, as well. And Catherine, yeah, similar. Play also play hockey and golf. Um, so Dad's a big golfer, so always get around and when we go home. Um, and same music, violin and clarinet. Um, so yeah, it's good good to play when we get back, but it's difficult to fit it all all in down at uni. You're both saying you're quite musical here, right? So, going on that, I guess the next really good question would be, if you could pick any choice in the whole wide world, what would your song be to walk out to before playing an international? I had to pick one of these. And I can't remember what it was. Something upbeat. Um, motivational, you know. That's yeah, good. motivational, doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like it has to be a, a good classic as well, though. Just really not very good. We're really good at this quick fire, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> this always happens when I say quick fire. So, okay, right, we can... If you, if you randomly think of it to come back to... I'll let you um, know. Then we can do that. Now, I guess Catherine, in a short sentence here... How would you describe the photo of Sarah and I when we were playing for Scotland under 17? So, like, you can caption it if you want, but I just want to get your take on it. Because, obviously, Sarah and I think, you know, it's absolute, it's uh, it's amazing. But, like, what would you caption it if you could? 
it's iconic it's like one of the best pictures ever really um how would i caption it see i think mums and daughters you know (laughs) (laughs) sarah are you claiming sarah as your child then no. It does look a wee bit like it because I mean yeah. now we've got to the point where we're the same height and we are both pretty no. tall. <laughs> um, to, for that to be, I mean that was. I mean, what age would you have been there, Sarah? Um, I think I was twelve. And 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 I guess for uh, the listeners that haven't seen that, Jake. Um, oh, I'll, I'll be tweeting it. Don't don't you worry. <laughs> Any excuse. <laughs> To get that Love photo that. back out there, that I'll I'll be on that, no problem at all. The recreation of it as well, it's just the recreation. Yeah. I think we should do another one, even like well, in like twenty years time. Yeah, like I think this is going to be like a recurring regular thing, a regular thing, and just like where our journeys are, Sarah. And I think it's just important yeah. to, to yeah. highlight where we. Are. <laughs> I'm really up for that. <laughs> when Rosie Ryan is like leading cricket Scotland, yeah, literally. <laughs> Yeah. My inspiration wouldn't yeah. be anywhere without Rosie Ryan. That partnership is what set me on my way. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, so we can talk about that there. actually. Just I know we're sidetracking a wee bit, Jake here, but I don't know if you know about this partnership. That actually the photo in that, I think that's the highest, <laughs> the highest partnership I've ever had. And Sarah wasn't touching it at all. She was just one, <laughs> and I was just launching it like. No yeah. skill within me whatsoever, but obviously, Sarah, do you wanna do you wanna expand on that one? Yeah, I just remember just running at basically everything. <laughs> we just didn't get out. We obviously just so rapid that no one could get us out, but it was just incredible. Yeah, I've lost that. I've lost that speed now. But you've obviously. <laughs> I'm glad it's. <laughs> um. So, the last one, Catherine. What is the one piece of advice that you have been given that has stuck with you? I think one of the key ones is just like to always enjoy it um, because you can be however good you are, but if you're not enjoying it, like you've seen some of the players at the absolute top of their game, um, but they've just hated the sport at the end of it because they've not enjoyed what they've been doing. Um, So just making sure you find a way yeah to just enjoy training and not make it sure because at the end of the day if it becomes your job like it luckily has now um you want to you want to love what you're doing um so yeah just keeping keeping the way to keep it fun um but also just work hard because you never know where where your hard work will take you and Sarah have you got any uh, anything to add to that as well no I think that's pretty much it you know remember why you play remember why you started playing and um you know have no regrets um you know it doesn't matter where you get to or whatever but just know that you you did what you can um to get where you are and leave with no regrets it doesn't challenge you it won't change you that is also one of my favorite things quotes it doesn't challenge you it doesn't change you (laughs) that's fabulous well there's no better place to sign off than with that, I think, inspirational quotes. Um, I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to both of you, uh, both of you again. The Scottish cricket community is incredibly proud of all you've achieved, as are we. Um, the expression role models is bandied about quite a, quite a lot these days, but the two of you genuinely are. To be very, very proud of all you've achieved so far and, and so much more to come. I mean, 23 and 20. 
everything is ahead of you. It's amazing. Well, um, hope you have an amazing break at Christmas time as well. You've certainly you've certainly earned it. Thanks very much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been great fun. <laughs> and, Thank you guys so much. And I was going to say thanks to you, Rosie, as well. Um, it's been a funny old start to our co-hosting career, but I'm really looking forward to next year. Awesome. I can't wait for it next year as well and see uh, see who else we, we get involved in the podcast. But thank you so much, uh, Sarah and Catherine, um, for today. That was awesome. And I'm sure um, a lot of people take some so a, it's a great inspiration um, out of listening to this as well. So thank you. Anytime. And finally, thanks to you again for listening. Uh, have a very happy and peaceful Christmas. And from everybody here, we'll see you soon. Goodbye.